1: Welcome to the Golf Central podcast, presented by TaylorMade and the all new Sim Driver. The driver head was in need of a drastic change in order to provide more performance. So TaylorMade changed the shape altogether with their new Sim Driver, which allowed them to make it fast and forgiving, where every golfer needs it. The downswing, the pros love the new shape, but the biggest reason TaylorMade changed the shape was to help make you into a better golfer. Check out TaylorMadeGolf.com for more information on the all new Sim family. I'm Rex Hoggard, joined by Ryan Lavner. Ryan, it's a bright July, sunny morning, middle of the summer. What did you have for breakfast?
2: What did I have for breakfast? Uh, I had granola and a banana. So trying you did to, not have
1: to... four eggs, five pieces of no, bacon, my... some toast, and two protein shakes. My,
2: my cholesterol is, is very much in the danger zone still. So I'm, I'm going anti-Bryson and trying to get back to where I can start eating like Bryson once again. 3,000 to 3,500 calories a day. It was his estimate. I mean, he's like he's basically Michael Phelps training for the Olympics, but he's just training to take on the Rocket Mortgage Classic.
1: Well, and I, the, the beauty of this is we're going to talk about golf and we're going to talk about a golfer for the most of this podcast, which we have not done in a long time. Normally, we're talking about testing and protocols and bubbles and whatnot, which I'm happy with. However, I think if you look at this objectively, and like I had to wake up this morning and kind of start plowing through what he said over the last week because i was really curious how he was going to crack this egg how he was going to explain himself to the world and i I thought it was fascinating one of the things he said and and this is a quote that he has taught himself how to tolerate force through motion which is an interesting concept because i think anybody who objectively looks at what he has done to himself and whether if you say that he's bulked up and gotten muscular or whether if you want to look at the bmi however you want to process that information he just wants to hit the ball further and so when you start drilling down into this concept, it is something that's we're going to get to a tipping point one way or the other, that we're either going to start seeing players flock to gyms and eating four eggs, five pieces of bacon, some toast, and two protein shakes, or it's going to come back down to earth. Right now, I'm a little surprised. It seems like everyone is jumping on board for all the right reasons for a dominating performance and a to win this week.
2: No, I think, I think the Bryson experiment, it, it works for him. You know, not not every player is going to be capable of of bulking up and, and overhauling their swing, um, and gaining 40 pounds of muscle, which Bryson has done uh, since since last fall. Matt Coocher is not going to start getting in the gym, and and start producing ball speed of, of 195. You know, you know, players are going to 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 work on their skill sets and kind of optimize their games that work for them. Bryson himself said as much that so he does not think this is necessarily going to become. A trend on the PJ Tour. It's going to ch- take a, a generation to evolve and, and see a game that now is going to be completely overhauled. And I, and I think it's still important to remember, Rex, is, is that it seems like forever ago, but just four months ago, the USJ and the RNA, Gulf's governing bodies, came out and said that they were looking at distance, that they thought long term distance is going to be very problematic for the future. Of this game, and they were they were supposed to be looking before the pandemic, supposed to be looking at, at ways that they could dial it back with, with driving distance gains, and so it seems like Bryson is is single handedly um, forced that conversation back back to the forefront because what he's doing is unprecedented on the PGA Tour. No player in the Shaolin era has ever had a three fifty driving average and route to a victory. No player in the shot in And the ever... field
1: average was 301.5. That's 350.6 yes. compared to the field average of 301.5. He's playing a
2: different game. Yeah, I mean he's he's 10 yards longer than the next best player who went on to win that week. So he's he's leading in driving distance. He led the field in putting. That combination is going to work almost every single week out on the PGA tour. I don't think this is necessarily going to mean that everyone's going to start getting in the gym and, and pounding protein shakes, but it undoubtedly is working for him. It is,
1: and I, part of this is getting into sustainability. About it. At some point, he's going to reach a point of diminishing returns. He's going to run into an issue, and, and I think that's where the, the whole concept that he talked about, tolerate, tolerate forces through motion, where I think we all assume that, okay, at some point he's going to injure himself, and, and that's where the conversation is going to go going forward. But you can't blink at the fact that he beat a very good field at the Rocket Mortgage Classic by three strokes. Birdie, the last three, you, you talked about him leading the field in strokes game in both driving and putting. That's the first time that's ever happened in 16 years in the shot link era. This isn't a, a one-off. I, I would tend to agree with you, and I'm sure if we had this conversation last week or the week before, I probably would have been on board with you and said, look, this is a long-term experiment. No one's jumping on board. I think we just need to sit and wait it all out. I don't know if that's the case. I I think tour players, as we saw in the Tiger Woods era, they're very fundamentally swayed. They they look at the next shiny thing and they say to themselves, wow, I want that shiny thing. And in this particular case, he's the next shiny thing. And if you look at his consistency since the restart, there's no way you can come away with any other idea than this is impressive. This might be the way of the future. I'm not saying it is, but I can certainly see us going into that conversation now for, for a long, long time.
2: What I, what I do think Bryson has, has shown, and, I, and I, don't think, I don't think 40 pounds of muscle is, is the route to go for most players, but I, I am interested to see now is that when you talk about the longest hitters on the PJ Tour, whether it's Cameron Champ or Dustin Johnson or Tony Finau, those are the players who, who are most often mentioned with, with guys who are maybe going at it 75% when they get out on the PJ Tour. They have that, quote-unquote, extra gear that you hear so often uh, that, they, that they don't quite use it because it it could be a little bit more erratic. I think Bryson has shown that you can go 100% out on the PGA Tour, and there is some reward to doing so. On most weeks on the PGA Tour, the setups are very much the same. They have wide fairways, they have light rough, and they have soft greens, especially this time of year when you really have to water the greens to to keep them alive in in the heat of the summer. That is the prototypical PGA Tour setup. They're in the entertainment business. They want birdies to be made. And Bryson is showing that you can power it over bunkers and you can hit it over rows of trees and you can try and drive greens when you go out at it 100% and there is very little penalty week to week on the PGA Tour. We're going to see if this is applicable at major venues. I, I would tend to think not. We've seen some video just over the past couple of weeks of, of what they're preparing for TPC Harding Park for the PGA Championship next month. That rough is going to be absolutely brutal. He's going to be coming in there with with shorter clubs, yes, but there is going to be once again a premium on hitting it in the fairway because because right now Bryson is still a little bit erratic, but he's coming in with such short clubs. He's he's coming with pitch shots, you know, pitch shots on 400-yard par fours. Right now there isn't enough of a penalty on the PGA Tour. That is what I'm most interested in seeing is whether these long hitters are going to exploit that. Not necessarily everyone's going to go get in the gym and try and have ball speed upward of 200 miles an hour. I was waiting for you to come in from the top rope with that. We'll see how he plays in the major championships because that, that's the only call we can make right now, right? Like, okay. I mean, I think, I think he probably is going to start mopping up on the PGA Tour. Like, this is, this is the model that's going to work. Until, until the PGA Tour shows some kind of initiative that they want to penalize long drivers by, by having Shin High rough in the 350-yard landing zone, there's, there's not enough penalty for Bryson to hit offline. There really isn't. I, just, I was waiting for the major championship
1: conversation to come in, that the knight in shining armor was going to be the Grand Slams. They're going to bring all of this back down to earth and everything is going to be fine. However, I would argue that the stats that we just threw back and forth at each other, where if you're going to lead the field in strokes, gain off the tee and on the greens, it doesn't matter where you play. You could play on the moon, and you're going to be able to compete and beat anybody in the game. Statistically, he is better than anyone in the game right now. So I just don't see how you can make an argument that you look at what he did. And I would tend to agree with you from a pure body type standpoint. And Rory probably said it better than any of us could. He feels like he plays his best golf when he's light. He doesn't want to pack on pounds. He wants to feel lighter. Whereas it's entirely different with Bryson. And I don't know. And maybe this generation will will kind of roll their eyes and keep trudging along to a certain degree and say, well, it's just an experiment. We'll see how it plays out. I guarantee you there are kids all over the place. And parents who are starting to take notice because i don 't know that there 's anything golf can do at this point, they can dial back the golf ball and the golf and the club heads, and I think that might be an option what they can 't do is keep kids out of the gym and they start seeing him wolfing down four eggs for breakfast every morning and then
2: going to the gym I think that's that 's the recipe going forward, whether it 's right or wrong that 's what pe- people are going to do but i want, I want to circle back to something you said five or seven minutes ago but before we got on the off in this tangent you said that the likelihood is is he's going to get hurt, that this isn't sustainable. And I'm curious about that because Bryson just, yes, it's a very small sample size in common sense. You would think that he probably is going to get hurt. You just putting your body through that kind of torque. Torpor- I do find it very interesting, Rex, that this was Bryson's fourth start in a row. And yet in Detroit, he had his highest club head speed. He had his highest ball, uh, ball speed. He had his, his longest driving distance Yes, it was hot, and it's easier to warm up, and, and it's easier to, to go after a little bit more in those type of conditions. But he seemed to be getting better. He seemed to be getting stronger. He seemed to be getting faster. He seemed to be getting longer. You know. Yes, it is a very, very small sample size, and I'm curious to see what he looks like in two or three years. But but right now, I'm not sure that that argument that, that he's, oh, he's eventually going to break down, really holds much water at this point. Because over this small sample size, he he's actually getting – He's actually getting better. I think both those arguments are misguided. One, that that the major championships
1: are somehow going to reel him in and expose this weakness that we all assume that he has just because he's swinging so hard and you do reach a point of diminishing returns. The other half of it is that, okay, we'll see how his body holds up. I would be the first one to jump on either one of those bandwagons. But now, and, and you're right, we're just four events into the new experiment since the restart. He's finished in the top 10. And all four of those events, he finished tied for third at Colonial against the deepest field of the entire year. You can't pick this apart. I just don't see any way around this. He is bigger, stronger, faster than anyone else is out there right now. And I don't know who can close the gap. I mean, Rory is, is wildly talented. But if you start comparing apples to apples, I just don't know that there's anybody in the game, at least at this moment,
2: who can keep up with him when he's at his best you're 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 ready to make that call that right now bryson is best is the best in the game i think what we saw this weekend absolutely first time in
1: 16 oh, wow. years someone has done
2: wow. that talk, talk mean, about a prisoner of the moment
1: sure absolutely i'll i'll own that one and, and i hate the fact that i woke up this morning and was just mesmerized by all, by these highlights i had to go through and read every word that he said last week because i was just fascinated by the idea that look when he first turned pro and you know this better than i do because you covered him in college there was a lot of eye rolling going on because he was going to reinvent the game with single length clubs and everything else he was doing. And it was never going to work. Like that's not going to reinvent the game. It might work for you, but it's not going to work across the broader society. I think this has the ability has the probability of changing the game. If he continues on this track, I'm not saying that, if he does this for three months and then falls off and gets injured, or three months and suddenly starts struggling for some reason with his game, yes, you would have to s- sustain it over a course of three or four years. However, tell me who in the game right now can
2: beat him when he plays like he did last week. When he plays like he did last week? I mean, he's still only won by three shots. I mean, it's not like he he blew away the field. The the end result yeah. was in doubt until the last couple holes. Rory had his last. best is is still the, the best player in the game. Look, I, I I I I want to be very clear about this. Bryson the player deserves nothing but respect and admiration for what he's been able to do over the past 8 to 9 months. I mean, he said he's going athlete. to Yes, I mean, he said he was going to transform his game and transform his body and he did it. And the success is absolutely mind-blowing how he's been able to do this. Players, you, you look over the history of the game, there are countless examples of players who chase distance and, and self-sabotage themselves and, and, and chase themselves right out of the game. That's exactly what they've done. And instead, Bryson has, has tapped into something else and become a, a better version of himself, who was, who was already a top-five player in the world at one point in his career. Now he's, he's got an even a, a greater asset. You know, I, think, I think when you start comparing Bryson to the other players in the game, what he does need to shore up and, and what he hasn't been able to shore up so far in his four-year PGA Tour career is his short irons and wedge play. You know, I've, I, saw it, I saw it innumerable times over the weekend that, boy, if, if, Dyson, if Bryson can just figure out his distance control with his wedges, he's going to be unbeatable. But, but, Rex, like, that's always been the case for the longest hitters. We've always talked about how, oh, boy, if you just get a, a long driver on the PGA Tour, you know, he's, he's going he's gonna to continue to eat. But that's the challenge for these guys is how can the longest hitters on the PGA tour slow down their bodies, use an entirely different motion with irons and and driver and add some finesse to what is otherwise a a smash mouth style of game. That's always been the challenge. Tiger Woods was one of the longest players on the PGA tour. When he first came out, he only became the world beta that he was when he, he fine-tuned his wedges and became the best wedge player on the, in the, on the planet. Dustin Johnson was always one of the longest players on the PGA tour He only took his game to the next level, won a major and became world number one when he learned how to hit his wedges. Bryson is very much in that same category, but he is, he is below average. He is below average on the PGA tour with short irons and wedges. He has been ever since he came out on the PGA tour. I think there's probably a couple of reasons for that. You look at the one plane swing, you look at the single length irons and Bryson himself said, that's not a strong point of his game. And that irons are really the next puzzle piece that he needs to figure out. He, he, Freely admits that, and if he does figure it out, and that's a big if, because we've been saying this for decades: of oh, it's the longest hitters can just figure out his wedges and putting, he'll be tough to beat. If he can do that, I mean, he he honestly is unbeatable. You have the longest driver on the PGA Tour. You have a, a putter who he he has developed into an above-average putter, if not one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. Uh, there's not a whole lot that can go wrong with that putting stroke. But if he can fine tune it if he can dial it in from 150 and in because he doesn't need to start practicing fives and five and six irons anymore he needs, yeah, he needs him. to practice he needs to practice nine irons pitching wedges and in his other array of wedges if he can do that i mean you're looking at a world number one it's it's the off-speed pitch i, I agree entirely on you and the fact that he can get better i think just
1: continues this conversation even further and, and i know i'm totally being the prisoner of the moment here however i have just seen over the these first four weeks back just a new and improved and a different way of playing the game. And I don't know that I've ever really seen that, at least not since the early days of Tiger Woods' career, where you look at what everyone else is doing and you compare it to, he's doing his job better than anyone else is doing their job. And it's amazing because you sit and you think about it. They're all scientists to a certain degree, but he has taken it to this crazy degree and he's turned into this physical nut. And it's kind of where I wanted to take the conversation next because you referenced the player and I referenced the athlete. Because I think the athlete is very impressive. It's the player that I'm kind of having concern with right now. And, and here's the reason why. Our own Will Gray was on site on Saturday. The seventh hole during the third round, there was some sort of interaction between Bryson, who had just hit a poor bunker shot, and he was clearly aggravated with himself, and the cameraman, who decided to do his job and to film Bryson. And what this conversation comes down to, and again, Will Gray's blog story on GolfChannel.com did a great job of pointing this out, is... Bryson kind of wanted some, some privacy, which I, I find is comical in the age of comical. the PGA Tour deciding to, at the Players' Championship, show every single shot this year. Or that was the plan before COVID-19. Uh, at the Masters, the plan is to show every single shot. Eventually, the PGA Tour is going to get to a place where they show every single shot. And Bryson is going to berate a cameraman because he wants privacy.
2: I'll hang up and listen. Go. This isn't even Bryson the athlete or Bryson the player. This is Bryson the person this is Bryson's behavior because honestly his actions weren't all that troubling. Like him him taking a a slash at the sand of the bunker. Like I'm actually, I'm actually okay with that. You're a perfectionist and you didn't hit a shot that you wanted to. And you're frustrated and you're competing for a whole lot of history and legacy and all that stuff. I get it. And, and even Rex, I, I think him talking to the cameraman, I'm perfectly okay with that. Normally, a player would have their caddy go do the dirty work for them, right? Like I, you can think of countless examples with, with Tiger having Steve Williams go, go take out his aggression on, on someone else, other, and, and Tiger would just go on with his business. Bryson actually handled it, him stuff, which is somewhat admirable. But the, the fact that he wants the cameraman to respect his privacy, you said comical. It, to me, it just it shows that, that he's 26 years old, and he has so much more growing up that he has to do. I mean. The cameraman was doing his job. He didn't follow him into the locker room. Like, he didn't follow him into the porta potty and, 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 and analyze exactly what, what Bryson was doing in a, in a moment of frustration. He was following him out of a bunker, walk into the green, like the guy had probably done previously for the other players in the field for the previous 43 holes. And so I, I wrote about this in Scramble. It's like, you know, if, 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 a, if a basketball shooting guard, if he goes one, one for nine, in the field and goes to the bench he doesn't push the cameraman out of the way when he when the cameraman zo- you know, zooms in on the bench like you don't he shove the, the camera i mean well that was, that was kicked one them. time I mean, uh, I mean i mean quarterbacks don't hide from from the cameras when they throw a pick or 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 pitchers don't you know push a cameraman out of the way when they give up a, 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 a go-ahead run like if you're in the arena this is fair your fair game like once once you duck inside the ropes. Everything you do, you are held accountable for. There is no hiding. That's the, that's the beauty of televised sports, is that there is no hiding when you are in that arena. And, and Bryson, he clearly doesn't get that memo, because this is the same guy who, who trotted out a 15-minute choreographed hype video. And the same guy who does, like, the NASCAR-style readouts for his sponsors whenever he wins a t- tournament. Uh, but, like, you don't need this carefully crafted image in this brand. You already have an easily identifiable brand. And that's exactly what what he brings to the PGA Tour. He's just he's just trying so hard to please everyone, and and you can't do that. That's not that's not what fans are gonna flock to him for. Well, it's a colossal point miss is is what's happening here, and, and
1: I think I blame it a little bit on COVID nineteen because I think after four weeks he's just so used to the idea that no one's out there watching that he can do whatever he wants. And look, there is nothing wrong with taking a swipe at the sand. There's nothing wrong with getting angry with yourself. And this was a conversation that came up last year in Mexico. If you remember, he, he, uh, trying to figure out a nice way of it was saying it. No, it was Riv. No, it was, it was Mexico. Cause I, I remember the was conversation. It that, yeah. It was, it where was he, he smashed the green. Yeah. Cause I was there. Yes. Uh, yeah. So he, he, he went one round with the green and he, he beat the green. Um, And then the next day, there was a player, a top-ten player in the world, and and he was standing on the putting green, and he walks up to me, and I was looking at the spot where he had gone to town on the green. It was repaired by this time. And the player turned to me and said, you can't care about something that much. And the point was – and look, we all just assume that they all care about their jobs very, very deeply. As a professional athlete, you all just have to assume that that's – they're focused in. This is laser focused. This is not life or death. And sometimes it doesn't have to be. And you have to understand that. And then Bryson's case, I don't think he's come around to that idea. I don't think he understands the fact that, no, this isn't life or death. And showing a little emotion on the golf course, showing
2: a lot of emotion on the golf course doesn't it's make fine. him a bad person. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's fine. You just I need just to think- be able to channel it. I, 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 love, I love what Kevin Kisner said after. I'm not sure you, you caught on the telecast but but Amanda Baleonis of CBS asked, asked kids what he thought of, of Bryson's transformation. And he goes, boy, he's got a lot of time on his hands. He needs some kids or something. I mean, this is a single minded focus for Bryson. I think that's great. He's 26 years old. He has no other commitments. He wants to, to maximize his talent and, and optimize, you know, his, his way of playing. I think that's wonderful. Uh, he's going to run into trouble and he's going to become a villain if he hasn't already. Um, and kind of take that, that mantle away from Patrick Reed. If, if he doesn't improve, as a as a person whether it's being more humble whether it's taking responsibility and accountability for his actions uh right now it just seems like he's he's immature someone in his inner circle uh whoever it is needs to tell him that he needs to own this that this is not what fans want to see on the pj tour fans are drawn to people who are authentic and genuine they don't want carefully crafted images and brands that's the opposite of of what fans want they want to feel like they're they're following someone who is human and, and bryson is trying to control all these other variables which is very much in his nature uh but right now it's it's very much to his detriment well and we just had a 20-minute conversation about
1: where there might be shortfalls in bryson's game and we talked about him possibly getting injured you, you brought up a very good point about the short iron and the off-speed pitch and it's just something he has to learn if he's ever going to be able to learn it i think of all the things we addressed it's, it's these emotional moments that have the potential to hold him back more than anything, probably more than the competition at the moment, if I'm being quite honest, because it's going to be these problems. And you talked about the 15-minute flex video that he sent out. That Again, you're missing the point during a pandemic, sending out a video like that. No one wants to see it, and you're putting yourself in a bad position. And I, I think you're right. I think if he's not already a villain, he's heading in that direction, and unfairly so. I mean, the public is very, very quick to judge people based on what they think they know about them. And I don't think most people know much about the real Bryson because if you see him when he's working, you certainly understand that he appreciates what he puts into it and you certainly understand his passion. But you're right. There's, when it comes to this public in, image of himself, he's not genuine, I think is how you put it. And, and I would totally agree with you on that front. Uh, before we move on from the competition, your boy Matt Wolfe had a good week. Fine, I mean, fine. I mean, we've been, wow. we
2: It's this was his first top ten finish since the the victory last last year at the three M. And, and and look, I, I always thought that that you know Morikawa and Hovland would probably have the steadier, uh, PJ Tour careers. That's just you know they're they're just more consistent week to week. But but Matt Wolf is 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 indisputably the the flashiest of of the bunch. He's capable of of going on an absolute tear, and that's what we saw, at least through through three rounds. Uh, in Detroit, the way that he played opened up a three-shot, 54-hole lead, and, and unfortunately didn't play his best on the front nine, and, and was doing some chasing. And uh, in, in, the, in the way that he he nearly hunted down Bryson on the on the back nine was inspiring. I mean, he was he was an inch away from going six under on a six-hole stretch. I mean, he made that uh, much closer than it than it could have been. We talked about how great Bryson played, the fact that he led the field in driving distance and putting, and yet he still only won by three shots. You would think that with those type of stats, you would. Absolutely blow away the field. I I saw an interesting stat that that Wolf's thirty-one par breakers, you know, breaking pars, you know, thirty birdies and, and one eagle. Gotcha. His thirty-one par breakers were the most on the PGA Tour by a non-winner since two thousand and one. Well, back I mean, to back sixty
1: fours on Friday and Saturday. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Probably ran yeah, into yeah.
2: That's, that's that's certainly helped, and the the small tweaks he's made, whether it's it's finding a new caddy or 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 making a, a, a shaft change in his irons. Um he's he's still learning. It's it's easy to forget. He's 21 years old. He should be entering his senior year of college. Uh and the fact that he already has a win and a run up finish now on the PJ Tour, uh his his arrow is is very much pointing up again.
1: Because of the the PGA tour silly rules when it comes to rookies and rookies of the year, I don't think he would qualify as a rookie. Uh or I don't think more would as well. I'm not sure about Victor Hovlin. But of those three, if we were handing out rookie of the year awards, Neither one. I don't think any of them are qualified. Just so don't at me on that
2: one. However, you're, if you were picking one out of those three, which one would you pick? Uh, Morikawa, more even complete though, player. Even though Hovland has a has a win this year in Puerto Rico, uh, Morikawa is a more complete player right now. I still think Matt Wolf has the most potential uh, because the firepower he possessed. and he's a, he's a frankly a, a better putter than either Hovland or Morikawa. Um, but but if I was picking right now. I would, I would say Morikawa, just because of his, body, his work, body at work. Yeah.
1: No, I, I agree with you, just because I think the things he's able to do with the golf ball without overpowering golf courses. We spent 25 minutes talking about Bryson overpowering yeah, golf courses. He's golf courses, yeah. Yes. I, I think he's, his, his game would hold up more across the board. All right, so we spent 25 minutes talking about Bryson, and we have not mentioned either protocols or bubbles Testing, yeah, yeah, policies, yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we get out of here, there were changes last week, and one of the more interesting changes I think the tour has made, and it seems like a step in the right direction. We'll call it the Cameron Champ rule. However, what this really comes down to, it seems obvious at this point that Cam Champ was a false positive test at the Travelers okay. Championship. Uh, he ended up taking three more tests over the next three days, all of them came back negative. The PGA Tour, following CDC guidelines, decided that instead of having to quarantine for ten days and take those tests, that if you come back with two negative tests within a seventy-two or seventy-two hour period, then twenty-four you can, hour period. twenty-four hour period, you can go back. You can start competing again on the PGA Tour,
2: which seems is a, like that's a, good, a, that's a great move. That's a great yeah, move. Seems like a step. That's step Common direction. sense. Yeah, and I thought I thought last week was a, a relatively quiet week, at least on the PJ tour on the on the COVID front. Um, the, the fact that you had the the earlier or the the early week WD with Harris English, I think it was, and and other than that, we really didn't hear much um, in terms of you know, thankfully players not testing positive and having to pull out or or what what happened you know with the with the pre screening process with the charter. I thought I thought that was good. I th- I think it makes total sense. I mean, you shouldn't be punished if if you do have a, a false positive, we've talked about it a number of times on this podcast that the, the testing in this country is still unreliable. And so the, the fact that a, a player could potentially be punished and miss two weeks of work um, be, because he has one of these situations where, you know, it says that he's test positive, but he, but he really doesn't. I, I think this is a great tweak for the PGA tour. And I think this, their, their health and safety plan continues to get stronger Every single week, there's nothing you can knock them for. They're doing the absolute best job they can in this very tricky environment. No, it was common sense. And, and I think there was another change to the policy last
1: week. And this gets a little wonky. But I thought it was an even better rule change simply because of the way it was structured. If you test positive while you're at a tournament and you had to go into that 10-day quarantine, there was a stipend for players, which was a substantial sum of money. It was $100,000. For caddies, it was around $5,000. The same did not apply to testing positive when you're home. So if you think that through, there is no motivation for players to test positive at home because then you're just going to be locked down for two weeks without that $100,000 stipend. Again, significant amount of money. So what they did is they evened out the stipend. So if you test positive either at home or on a tournament site, the stipend was dropped to $75,000. And if you think that through, it suddenly makes sense. Now players have a motivation to make sure – Home testing as well as testing on site. Yeah, very good move all around. All right, and then one final COVID note: while we are on air, the memorial live they- live
2: breaking news on
1: this breaking podcast. news uh, at eleven thirty a.m. on Monday morning, East Coast time. Uh, the memorial will not have fans. They had planned to have eight thousand fans per day on site. The commissioner actually sent out a statement. I'm going to read it. So stand by given the broader challenges communities are facing due to the ongoing COVID pandemic. We need to stay focused on the number one priority for our return to golf, the health and safety of all involved. Uh, From what I've been told, they're also doing away with pro-ams for the next at least foreseeable future. Again, I understand. And I think we talked about this in a podcast a couple months ago. There are financial implications here for the tournaments, not the tour. It's important to point out here. The tournaments are the ones that end up taking a bath when there's no fans and there's no pro-am because that's the only way they make money. They don't make any money off the TV deals or the commercials or anything else. From a commercial standpoint, this is going to put a lot of tournaments in a very, very bad spot. And I would be curious if they can sustain this for another
2: two or three months without any fans and without a pro-am. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to someone this morning. It it was still mind-boggling to me that they they still have this plan in place to have – to have fans. I mean, this week they're playing at Mirfield village with the, with this new workday event that's replacing the John Deere. They, there are not fans on site. And then next week there are going to be fans and it was the only tournament that they were going to have fans and no tournament after this has, has said that they're going to allow spectators on site. The PJ championship, the first major of the year next month is not going to have spectators on site. And so it, it, it made no sense in this environment with, with cases surging, across the country that they would want the optics of having 8,000 people crammed shoulder, to shoulder, trying to, to chase down Tiger, hopefully, uh, at, at Jack's place. So, to me, this was a, a no-brainer decision. Uh, right now, if you, if, if you had to guess, do we have any tournament this year that has fans? Any tournament? The, ma- the Masters. That's the only one I
1: can still think. Because uh, I think they have the, the ability, the infrastructure. What about the second that- wave? The second wave, Rex. Well, I can't – fluid. I mean, I, I can't read what the future is going to be like. I mean, I don't even know if we're going to have golf in, in, come the fall, come November when the Masters. But, yes, if anybody can pull it off, it's got to be the Masters. I mean, they're going to be the ones that – they can track everyone when they're on property. They can make sure that everyone is social distancing. They can, they can make sure. They can test they're... a little bit more. They have the resources to, to do yes. that. You can run everyone through a thermal scanner because it's going to be a small footprint as it is. And I'm not saying that, that it's not going to happen in other places. It just seems like the Masters is the one where it matters the most. But to, to get back to the idea, I did have a top player tell me that they probably weren't going to play Memorial for this specific reason because they're just not comfortable enough going on a golf course where there's fans or playing in a pro-am. I mean, they're just what? not there they're not. They're not getting inside six feet of them.
2: What does the, it matter to them?
1: I'm just telling you right now. And I think when you start comparing the protocols, and again, I don't want to turn this into another podcast of us talking about plans and health and safety and everything. And bubbles. However, it, it, like the NBA is just crawling inside their bubble right now. And you get an idea how intense this thing is when you start hearing players sitting in hotel rooms for six days waiting on brief tests to come back negative and how this is completely different from golf. I mean, golf can call it a bubble, but we both – we talked about this. It's not a bubble. It's an umbrella at best. I just don't know that there's anything the tour can do, and I understand it from a player's perspective. We're not at the point, not as a country, certainly not as a sport, where I think fans can come back in any significant amount of numbers.
2: Now, I think that's I think that's well said. Uh, you and I are both going to be uh, up at Jack's place next week. You're You're heading up there on the weekend. Uh, to cover the weekend at the workday, and then we'll both be together for an in-person. Po- what do you What do you want to do? An in-person podcast next week, six feet apart. Six feet apart with a mask on. Absolutely, I, I think mask that works. on. Uh, we can have, we can have a plexiglass screen blocking us, so no none of your spittle uh, is anywhere in my in my vicinity. Uh, I look forward to to doing that next mm-hmm. week. I haven't seen you in, in person, boy, since March twelfth or something it's worth pointing list? out
1: here yeah that that we actually asked if we could share a rental car and we're, we're told no so we
2: we have our own protocols thank in. Really? W-
1: really i want
2: those hurts i want those hurts points
1: I, I was gonna let you rent the car i didn't want anything to do with it i was just gonna give you the option <laughs> uh how many calories are you gonna finish with the rest of the
2: day you're gonna get near three thousand, do you think look i i I've, i think i've discussed this with you a few times i always try to build up to dinner to me, I could take or leave breakfast, just give me my granola and banana for, for lunch. I'll have, I'll have a salad and maybe some kind of bar, like a kind bar or something like that. But dinner, dinner where, is where it's at. If I can just keep it scaled back on, on breakfast and lunch, I can go, I can go absolutely ham uh, for dinner. And tonight we're having skirt steak and mashed potatoes, a very, a very Bryson dinner. A very, price a very dinner pricey indeed. dinner, yeah. Two proteins, one, uh, one carb. I see what you're doing there. So
1: you, you will get close to 3,000 is what you're telling me.
2: No. Uh, I mean, how many calories do you think is in a steak and mashed potatoes? I don't know. I'm, I'm asking. That's it's what I'm not, just trying to find out. I, it, I can tell you it's not about 1,500, which, which according to your math is where we would be. If I paid you $100, do you think you could eat 3,500 calories in a day? I would throw up, but yes. Well, you have to keep it down. That's the whole point of eating the calories. No, you said, could I eat them? Yes, I could eat them. Would they stay in my body? Is, an, is another question altogether. All right, I, I don't want to lead to any more of your bulimia. That
1: that'll do it for this Golf Central podcast, presented by TaylorMade and the all new Sim Driver. We'll see you next time.
0: Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean.